0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reliving the Extreme. And this week, we are taking a break from the action of ECW and instead going to talk about uh, all of wrestling because we're going to talk about this year's class of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame, a little nerdy thing that I do every year that I have a bunch of friends vote on. And uh, we click it it. we've we been doing it for four years now. We we crown a class every single year of who is in the, our Hall of Fame there are there are criteria which I'll run down as we go through discussing uh of course Aaron's here Chad's here hey 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 they, uh-huh. i just kind of rolled with it there but um one of the main rules to keep in mind as we as i run through the ballot from this year which had 30 people on it usually it's 25 hmm. but we wound up having a more nominations or more suggestions for nominations this year than normal so i went with a 30 person ballot but do keep in mind that someone can only be on the ballot for five years, then they fall off and they have to go through back through the nominating process. But anyway, here we go. I'll start. I'll run down the ballot, and then we will go into who got in this year, and we'll discuss them. And we'll also discuss Aaron and Chad's thoughts on those stars and who Aaron and Chad and I voted for that didn't get in this year. All right, here we go. So far, this year's ballot on the ballot for four years: Stu Hart, Sting, and Ricky Dozon. Three Ooh. years on the ballot: Mick Foley, Arn Anderson, The Rock, Bob Backlund. Two years on the ballot: Vader, Ted DiBiase, JYD, Midnight Express, Sherry Martel, Rick Rude, Rick Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, The Sheik, and John Cena. And
1: that's, then, a good, that's a good. That's a good list right there.
0: Fuck. And then the uh, the guys that were put on, or the guys and gals that were put onto the ballot this year, their first year on the ballot. So we got Ray Mysterio Jr., Antonio Inoki, Nick Bockwinkle, Gorilla Monsoon, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, Kane, Jimmy Hart, Gorgeous George, Bruiser Brody, the Vonurix, ah, so that's David, Kevin, and Kerry, Eddie Chad Guerrero, Austin. and Buddy Rose. <laughs> Buddy Rose, not Chad Austin, but Buddy Rose. Yeah, why not?
1: Everybody else is on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're not in yet, God though. Damn, they're not in yet, though. Just on it. I think you I gotta... heard Mike Boyette. <laughs>
0: and I, I, um, I have who, who, I, Aaron and Chad both voted for on the ballot this year as well. So we'll go through that. But first, let's, um, let's break it down. We'll go through <clears throat> the people that got on to in the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame this year. I'm not going to run down who all is already in. Um, Just because that's repetitive. We've already done it year after year. If you want to know, if you want to hear some of the conversations that we've had in the past, go check out the We Can't Wrestle podcast, because that's where we've had most of these conversations about the Hall of Fame in the years past. But anyway, this year, it was his first year on the ballot, first year officially on the ballot. He got in, had actually the most votes of all the people that got in this year. Chad, what are your thoughts about Nick Bockwinkle? Who you did vote for? Chad did vote for Nick Bockwinkle.
1: Yeah, and I, I, and I honestly, you know, I I knew about Nick Bockwinkel from from you know decades of watching wrestling, watching wrestling, but it wasn't up until recently that I was just like kind of bored, and I I'm going through like a you know like a like spindles of DVDs, and I found like some AWA, and it was an older AWA that kind of bled into Memphis, mm-hmm. and I'm watching it, and I'm like, dude, that that dude was. Like he was he was like he was like Mr. Perfect before Mr. Perfect. Like when it came to the bumps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he would take the he would take the creative um you know silly bump. Like when the perfect it was the perfect time for it, you know what I mean? Right. Like he definitely learned that from Ray Stevens. And and granted his body of work is, is in my opinion is marred by his lack of competition in the AWA. <laughs> Um, but I mean, but still, I think it stands. I think it stands the test of time that Vern Gagne had the, um, you know, had the guts and the and the and the wit to put the belt on him for as long as he did.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what um, we just when we were discussing um, him individually on our last on our other show uh, last week. I brought up to the guys that I talked to. Then, um, if you one of our one of the criteria is being of significance to the business or a territory. And you talk about being of significance to a territory without Vern Gagne, Mad Dog Bashan, and Nick Bachwinkle. What really is the AW? <laughs> Let's be honest.
1: Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it.
0: Um, and and I have I don't know. Maybe there's st- some that's available that I've never seen. But I have not seen but maybe a couple of short clips of Bachwinkle and Stevens as a tag team, if I ever even have. But from people that you talk to that actually witnessed it, they supposedly are one of the greatest tag teams to ever ever team up. And I just I, – I, to be honest with you, I just take people's word for it because I haven't really seen much of them
1: as a team. I don't they even did, know how much exists. They did – um, like on, on YouTube – it's a lot of, like, uh, quick, like, six-second clips. Yeah. Like, it's, like, finishes. Like, the knee drop from the top rope, like, finish kind of thing. And it's all in that fucking, like, San Francisco red rope. To, like, it's bright red. Like, the, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's shot. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And I even have, like, old AWA tapes or where they would show, like, old, ma- like you know, a match or two. Or, I-, I found one the other day it was a whole entire hour of matches from the St. Paul Civic Center. Okay. And um, and what's his name? The commentator guy was hosting backstage, and you know, it was like they just cut around, they just cut away from him to be where I by the AWA banner, but they would go to the ring for all the matches, and I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Even at a Buck Zumoff
1: match, uh, but it's also <laughs> but,
2: uh, um, sometimes like when people say, Well, I never really saw any of their matches or whatever, it's like. It's almost like in re- with wrestling, it's like you don't have to see it to know it was good. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't never seen uh, Harley Race and Larry Hennig team up, but they were a tag team. God damn, I'd hate to. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, those were some ass-kicking matches if those guys were yeah. fucking tag team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine me and the guys yeah. having to look across just, fucking I was- I was
0: gonna Rankin say those guys they're just they're just wrestling their match and it's perfect and they're smoking a cigarette while they're doing <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> On the ring apron. Yeah, just palm alls, make it's the tag, tag rope out, put extended your, put in put one your, hand, it, and he's it, and he's got his it, other hand it, in the it, ring with a cigarette in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like made a tag, made a tag. They got,
0: they got one of those little gold foil ashtrays <laughs> on the turnbuckle pad, or on the uh, turnbuckle <laughs> post.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the referee comes over to, like, tell him to get out of the ring, gives him the one, two, three, four, and he has the ashtray. <laughs> when he, when he, The guy has to ash it out, like, as he's getting out. Oh, God damn you, ref. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, Aaron, you also
0: voted for Bonkwinkle. I did not, and it's not because I didn't think he needed to be in. It was just because... He just got on the ballot, so I figured, well, I got, we got five years to get him in, but he got in anyway, so good. You had a a plan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk about my fucking plan later.
2: And what Uh, Bobby say, what Bobby say, he talked about, like, he brought up, like, what would AWA be without, like, what'd he call it? Oh, he said. Wally Carbo? No, Bob, uh, he said, then I left. He was like, I was working for the AWA, which stood for all the world's assholes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah. I didn't work there. (laughs) So, unless you guys
0: have anything else on Bachwinkle, congratulations to Nick Bachwinkle for getting into our little Hall of Fame. Then the next guy that got in this year, also another one who's First year on the ballot, and right away, he's into the Hall of Fame this
1: year. Bruiser Brody. Fuck, Aaron, you better go first, because I have already had my say on this in the text messages. (laughs) Well, I don't, I did not vote for Bruiser Brody
2: this year, I do believe. You did not? Yeah, because I was, it was his first year, and Kind of like what Nate said, I figured I'd get a couple guys that I've been trying to get on there on there, but there's no doubt that he belongs. And, I mean, it's like I told – I think I said it on the last show we had. Like, when you talk about wrestlers getting copied, like, you know, there's, like, guys that copied the Road Warriors look and guys that copied Hogan's look and guys that copied Billy Graham's look. How many guys copied Bruiser Brody? You know what I mean? Like, when – like, oh, we want to look like a big, tough, long-haired wrestler, you know? And yeah. He, Shit, he, he's, if you, he, he's one of the he's one of the guys that if you ask somebody that doesn't know anything about wrestling to draw a wrestler, they're going to draw somebody that looks like Bruiser Brody.
1: A <laughs> <laughs> good chance, at least. Yeah. I just can't believe. I mean, I, I'm I'm I just can't believe that I haven't picked him earlier because I figure like somebody like Brody, like you know, I I take Brody for everything. He, he had one vote last election around here for councilman. And that was <laughs> me. <laughs> I vote for Brody for everything. <laughs> Just, yeah. so I, 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 I'm, I'm glad Brody finally got his deal, dude. Come on, seriously. When you talk about influence, like, the, the fact that, like, you know, he could run territories and do production and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he could do everything in the business. And he was, like, one of the guys that, that came around, like, this is all like pre-cable, <laughs> like sort of, yeah. sort of speak. And he knew how to do all that shit, man. And his body of work—fuck, just in Japan alone, he go, he goes in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then then, then you get then you got to take in consideration his St. Louis stuff with Flair, and all that shit. Sixty minutes, come on, man. Flair is nuts, dude.
2: And uh, sixty minutes
1: enough enough
2: balls to be able to just. If somebody told him to do something that he didn't want to do, he'd just say "fuck you" and I'm bounce. Yeah, you know what I mean? Was. Like, like, like a lot of times people would say that's a bad thing, and it's like not necessarily. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I it's like at that time especially, it's like I might not be here four months from now. You yeah,
1: know in the I time mean? that you're in gonna... the time
0: that in the time that he was an active wrestler, that was that was the best. Like, if he if he existed today. In, or in today's type of pro wrestling environment, the "fuck you, I'm out of here" thing probably wouldn't have been as financially beneficial. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you know, you can't just nowadays. It's like, well, I could tell WWE to go fuck themselves, but those are really nice checks, and I don't know if I'm going to go somewhere else and get paid like that.
1: You know, especially just, especially when you're approaching pretty much the uh, the tail end of your your best yeah. years. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he, he could always say "fuck you," WWE, because I always got Japan in my back pocket. But ooh, fuck, you know, I'm I'm 40, whatever, three, 44 years old. Do that, I want to go over Japan still?
0: That's a question I was going to ask you, Chad, because Aaron and I discussed it before, um, on a show you weren't with us on. Now there was there was talk. I've always read that in like. Like, right, you know, right around the time before he passed, there was talk of the WWF at that time talking about trying to get Brody to come in.
2: Yeah, I've heard Um,
0: that. And they were talking about probably possibly bringing him in as a tag team with John Nord, I think, which that's I don't know about that for sure. But my question for you is you were just talking about, okay, I'm getting up in years, et cetera, et cetera. I see where the business is going. Aaron disagreed with me, and I just wanted to see what you thought. Do you think, say it's 1988, Brody doesn't doesn't pass away, (coughs) WWF offers him to come in, they offer him either a tag team or maybe a run with Hogan or something to that, do you think that at that point in his life, Brody would have been less confrontational because of the money he could have made? To you know what I you know what I mean in in a in a, as an older he wasn't old but he wasn't getting any younger. You think he could have changed his attitude to work for Vince and work oh, within I, the system yeah. to make
1: that I money? Mean, I, I you know especially at that part of his career, like that would be like just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. You know that would be like just the, like you know I worked my whole life to to do this and now now I get to do it now I get to do it for fun. Right. You know what I right. mean? I don't Well, know. that's what I,
0: that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, Brody in eighty-eight is like CM Punk yesterday. You know, yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk is finally like, all right, <laughs> it's time to fucking settle down and quit being a shit stirrer and and work for the biggest company in the world and make a bunch of fucking money
2: for a few years and then probably say Sayonara. Or but, go work and, in the and, performance and, center or something. And I and I think that might like I don't want to say like he wouldn't have done it, but I don't know if it would have lasted because like yeah, okay, you're going to work with Hogan. He's not going to beat Hogan. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be a thing. But yeah, but he's still going to
1: get he's still going to get at least probably what I don't but th- like 3 months cuz you're going to have to you're going to have to establish the build first. So know, he's going to get I, a 3 month run just I, out of a one I, run with Hogan.
2: And I get that, but after that is my thing. It's like I don't see him like wanting to like, well, I mean, not even that. Like, okay, now you've lost a Hogan. Okay, you may have been at WrestleMania or SummerSlam. You lost a Hogan. Cool. Now we're gonna bring you back down the card. Cool. Like working all with right. Jake Roberts. No, and that and or no, it's like, all right, Brody, now we want you to go out there and we want you to put over Brutus beefcake. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's Let gonna say, finish. fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. Like, I, I just, I don't see him in that company <laughs> jiving well. well
1: all. I, I, I would pretty much say, like, I, I know they had a meeting. I do know that. But they they just weren't willing to work around his Japan schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that was first and foremost for, for Brody. It was like, dude, look, I'm going, like, 32 weeks out of the year. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to get me, right. like, fucking once every three months. For like a week <laughs> or some shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, he probably looked at it like, all right, I I have this offer on the table. You know <laughs> what? Do, you know what do I? You know what do I want to do? Do I want right. to keep uh, doing what I'm doing and having you know still having that Japanese fucking kind of thing going on, or like like we were talking about just taking it easy mm-hmm. for uh, a little while? But unfortunately, man, I could just see Brody at fucking forty at like fifty working at, for MCW. You know, I'm thinking like, did I remember you? Or he was still around now, like doing the indies. (laughs) He's like 58 years old or 60 years old. I remember you like 1983. (laughs) Yeah, Brody definitely is a fucking, is, is, I, I like, I can't believe that we're just putting him in. Well, the, the next guy that got in this year after four
0: years on the ballot finally got in. Let me see. Uh Aaron. Oh, say, it, say it. Aaron Aaron did vote for him. Chad did vote for him. And I did vote for him because shit, I've been voting for him since we started this thing. Stu Hart, You talk about being of significance to the business. Fucking Stu yeah. Hart. I mean, his his what he did is still going today, you know, whether yeah. you, you know, whether you like it, love it, or hate it, it's still going today. Jericho,
2: Italicate, the talent. The talent that came out of his balls and his basement is just amazing. Like that's a hall of fame fucking <laughs> roster right there.
1: Just just his sperm alone should be in the hall yeah. of fame. <laughs> like a little cup. Yeah, you, go, you go to the fucking <laughs> WWE headquarters and it's just a little tiny window with a cup in it. And it's got it's got a bunch of phony phony heart names. <laughs> Flow heart. I think he, I think he started
0: wrestling in like nineteen forty-three. So. I'm not
1: even sure it was the nineteenth. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to you might want to break your Wikipedia again. Oh, look
0: at that. We got Stu Hart and Abraham Lincoln. Wow, that's <laughs> but yeah, he uh started wrestling in the forties. So you think about that his wrestling career, which I other than like late, like maybe like seventies, early eighties stampede stuff. I've never seen a Stu Hart match from nineteen forty-five. Has, other than people that lived then, I just haven't. You know, it's just it's not there to watch it.
1: But we just we, we assume it happened.
0: Yes, yeah, but you think about he had that he had his wrestling career, and then he starts a promotion that is that is Canada's premier promotion. I mean, I don't know, was it? Would, would you say Stampede or would you say Montre-
1: or Montreal? Well, Either way, Montreal was only Montreal, right? Stampede, Stampede went They covered both ends
2: Of Canada They they even went down and They even came down into the states They went into like
1: Montana and shit So yeah, I mean Mm -hmm. Canada It's like driving cross country Like in America California to fucking Delaware or whatever (laughs) They're driving They're driving
0: driving over a frozen lake
1: And they're doing (laughs) this They're doing this weekly like come on dude you're going to be a bad motherfucker having to deal with that shit. And a broken down ring truck. 20 so degrees got, below fucking freezing.
0: You got the wrestling career, then you got the promotion, then you got like Aaron said, he's got he's got I mean his family produced how many amazing pro wrestlers?
1: Even the ones then, that didn't make it big. were still good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then in the dungeon, how many people did he train that we watch that we have watched over the years and how many people have those people influenced that we're watching today? So the guy, yeah. I mean, just as as a significance to the business, Stu and Stu's also one of those guys that um, what I, I bet looking back on it, he was kind of maybe like, I don't know, bitter or whatever. He never gave in that he was, but anyway, he was also you know, smart. I, I, I don't think he was as bitter. I don't he, think he was as well, much I, bitter. Was just
1: he was just hardened.
0: What what I was referring to was, do you think he was bitter about selling, like giving selling his selling out to Vince pretty much?
2: No, think I think like- he would. I think his fam- I think his kids are more better than he was about it. Because <clears throat> Stu got his payday mm-hmm. for the moment. well. Brett claims he never did. But Stu was set. I think Vince. I think Vince paid paid him. But why wouldn't you? But
1: mm-hmm. I don't
2: think he paid. I don't. I don't think he paid him what he thought he was going to get. But I still think he paid him. But but I think his kids are more bitter about it than anything. And and I'm not even going to say they're wrong for it because if he Vince did kind of do him a little dirty, it's like it's still their dad. You know what I mean? So they're going to be yeah. a little. I mean, look- off about it. But Stu I mean, made look, sure his million... kids. He, Stu made sure his kids were taken care. Like his, he, yeah. Like his core group of guys were taken care of, and it's like you said, Nate. He started wrestling in 1945. <laughs> Vince bought him in what 83, 84. Yeah, yeah. A- 84. He was like, probably, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like i've cranked out
0: yeah yeah oh, yeah i need a need a fucking nap,
2: uh, yeah, I've yeah. cranked out twelve fucking kids. I've trained <laughs> like eight hundred
1: people I've trained twelve hundred people.
2: He's like, i'm fucking done, I'm tired, I can barely walk,
1: <laughs> and
0: it, you know what's funny though like I, I, it was because i was wa- i i don't know a few weeks ago I was watching the wrestling with Shadows, and I always thought kind of a low key funny person was Helen Hart. Like when they when they interview Helen Hart, she's like, so uh, he told me he told me when we got together that we wouldn't be in this wrestling business for more than five years. And here we are. Everything's the wrestling business. All our kids are wrestlers. All our daughters are married to wrestling. I just love how she's just this old lady, just like I didn't want anything to do with wrestling. And it's my whole fucking life.
1: He's a very nice <laughs> not, boy. So,
0: yeah, she sounds like <laughs> Edith, Edith Bunker.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's like, that's like I was saying, like, Stu, um, when he he was a kid, him and his, like, siblings lived in a, they were on the fucking prairies of Canada, living in a (laughs) fucking tent, and he wound up in a mansion in Calgary. You know what I mean? so he was, I bet in my mind, he was just probably like, I'm, what else is there for me to do? Fuck it. Take it, Vince. Have it.
1: No, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean where, 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 was, where was his vision of what Stampede was going to be twenty five years from then? Yeah, you, you, know what I mean. He had no, he had no, um, rec, no, uh, recollection of cable television or how to get involved in that. Only thing he had basically to offer anybody in the wrestling business was his library, right, and, and, and his territory that nobody seemed to want. <laughs> Nobody's running them, them bullshit ass towns in the middle of fucking Canada. They're yeah, you know, going to fucking
2: Indian, Indian land and shit. Like they, they went to like.
0: Yeah, it's like reservations
2: and shit. It's I was like, going to
0: say, where are we going today? I think we're
2: doing a show up in Moose Knuckle. <laughs>
1: yeah, for the Pack walk tribe. That sounds about fucking right, dude. I heard some of them places and I'm like, I think they just stop and just set up a ring. <laughs> Like the iron sheet going to Walmart, <laughs> he just he just walks into Walmart and claims that he's booked. Can he can, can he get a fucking table to sell pictures at? <laughs> I did I did it with him. I helped him. I've totally fucking seen it. <laughs> oh, I booked Bubba. No, you're fucking not. You <laughs> just came to Walmart. And he, you're gonna tell anybody you're famous wrestler WWE champion. <laughs> Mick Hulk Hogan, Jack Jabroni, Jabroni. Yeah, Stu is, like, one of them fucking, yeah. Blo- I mean, dude, I mean, like, look at, like, um, like even when he talked about his feet, of strength and shit. Even when he was, like, in his 60s or whatever, he was still, like, stretching people. Granted that they weren't working as hard with him anymore as he did when they were younger. But, yeah, he was. He still knew how to stretch people.
2: Looks like Nate was talking about on that Wrestling with Shadows, that one guy's talking all that shit. And he's, and he's like, the one screaming? You stretch. People? Yeah, like at first he's like, is this where you stretch all the guys? Is this where you hurt all the guys? And he's like, talking shit. And I think it's, I think Harry Smith, I I, I think he's on, is it it him, Nate? Is it Davy's kid? Yeah. Like, that kid even looks at the camera like, this guy's about to get fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> and then Stu just he leaves he leaves the black kid alone because he was nice and pleasant and shook his hand and everything. But then the fucking one dude that keeps talking shit, Stu fucks him up.
1: Stu wasn't having it. He's like, notice what
0: notice what happens when I move your arm just slightly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it literally is slightly. <laughs> Like literally, like dude, it's like he just like just like he does it like almost in slow motion. And then you hear the guy just go like from like just laying there going, ah (laughs) yeah, dude. Like he put it, he put your arm back as far as you were letting him put your arm back. (laughs) Where where it didn't hurt you, right? Yeah. And then he goes, Okay, now I'm just gonna move it back a little bit. Well, you already put it back as far as you wanted it to go back. (laughs) And then he he just said, No, a little bit. (laughs) Uh, a little bit of it this way yeah. <laughs> You know Of course guys you're gonna fucking, fucking scream Fucking bloody murder Guy's fucking
0: eyes go bloodshot as capillaries Are sticking Dude. out Yeah, And you
1: can't do nothing <laughs> Like you know that 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 kills me when I watch wrestling Like kind of nowadays And like guys put like Like a brutal maneuver on somebody Like you know like I don't know I'm guessing like a TAS mission or whatever mm-hmm you know, and then like they like leave the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, that what, you can't you can't do that. <laughs> and like, you know. You remember how they used to wake him up from the sleeper? Yeah. When they you know, when Dusty Rhodes would pretend like I ain't doing it when he was doing the sleeper angle and shit. And the referee's like, dude, you got to. <laughs> and the guy's just laying there. I, I hate I hate that because it makes me fucking cringe, just knowing that I could be in a mood where I can't do fucking nothing about it. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that, and that's exactly what's too hard is. I'll be like, "Fuck you, old man." Next thing I know, I'm fucking all hurting, <laughs> just like <laughs> laying there, my like my, my my legs all in the air backwards. <laughs> you're
0: shit, you're wake you're waking up in your car and it's running.
1: <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> on the hood. <laughs> I look like a Buick emblem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, all he, way out and shit. <laughs> after
0: after all the all the years that he's been on the ballot, Stu Hart finally in the Hall of Fame this year. <clears throat> the next guy, another guy that first year on the ballot and got right, actually, wait, 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 second year on the ballot. I'm sorry, and did get in this year. And of the three of us, I was the only one that voted for him this year. It was Junkyard Dog.
1: Well, he wants to go on this one.
0: I would say the reason that I voted for him this year was I look at um, it's it's the of significance. It's it's the the mid South territory that that what what was it two two and a half three year run that he had there. I think you could put that up against any babyface
1: run in the history of the business, especially when we are talking about territories. Yeah, for a territory as big geographically, but as small. Basically in the same format, geographically, because he drove fucking, you know, 1,200, whatever, 2,000 miles a week, whatever, for five towns. You know what I mean? But it was still a small territory. And for him, like, I was just telling my roommate the other day, I was talking about dog. And I was talking about, like, how big, like, the, um, uh, what is it in, in, in Louisiana, the Superdome. Mm-hmm. Like, how big the Superdome is, and nobody could fill it. They could have fucking Ringling Brothers there at the same time as Muhammad Ali and Prince are playing, and all three of them at the same time, and you ain't selling that place out. And like the dog what held the record. Well, what was it? Was it? Was it? I want. I want to say it was more than thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, like some tells me it was closer to forty, like forty thousand. I don't know why forty-two sticks in my head. That so yeah, wrong. like 40, yeah. 44 sticks in my head. Okay. You know, but I'm thinking like I'm thinking like that's still that's still that's barely half the place. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's the record. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Dog had it. What? That was the fucking the Michael Hayes thing, right? Yeah. Like, Katrina, didn't
2: yeah that that fuck, like Katrina didn't even put that many people in the, the, say, yeah, <laughs> <on> the Superdome. What's that? So Katrina didn't even put that
1: many people in the Superdome. Katrina couldn't even draw the Superdome. Sorry. The whole fucking city's underwater, and they still couldn't get seventy-seven thousand in there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, but, but yeah, just yeah. get a dog to do that, man. Because I mean, who would have thought? Like, if I was Bill Watts, I would have put together fucking me versus Nate on the undercard. You know <laughs> it what I mean? Wouldn't like, matter. Yeah, the wouldn't have matter.
0: Who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs>
0: put old, put old. Crotchy old Mister Wrestling Two out there in his tidy
1: whiteies. Nah, it doesn't pay you're, you're paying Wrestling Two too much money. <laughs> no, dude, you, you get you get you get six guys. You put them in like three matches. You know they do a couple singles, a tag, and then a six man, <laughs> and like and then you come back with Dog, and and that's all you need. Yeah, sell it out. No oh, um, 40 forty forty some thousand people in the Superdome is like you like you said, Nate. Or Aaron, that Katrina couldn't even sell that place out. That's pretty good. And,
0: and it's like Aaron and I discussed before, for, for everything you can say positive about Bill Watts, what he didn't realize was JYD wasn't over because he was black. JYD was over because he was JYD. You're not going to be able to repackage George Wells as Master G and him replace JYD or Action Jackson or whoever the fuck else he tried to make the next junkyard dog. It wasn't no he was, it wasn't because he was black, man.
2: It was because he was fucking great. He was over. And that and, and and especially even back then. Back then <clears throat> the African American culture could um I don't wanna say um Tell when somebody was trying to Placate to him you know what I mean like Yeah it's like eh, You know it's like Like they didn't like you said They didn't like JYD cause he was black They liked him cause he was fucking cool And, mm-hmm. and it, It's like Then when everybody Else is trying to go out there and do it It's almost like they're like you're it's just you know what I'm saying? It's like they know they know you're trying to play down to him, or they feel it like you're trying Bill, to play it down. It shows to
1: them. it shows Bill Watts' pure fucking ignorance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just just to just to automatically think that he could just unplug one black eye, and then plug another black eye in that spot. Yeah, like that's ignorant. It's that's fucking it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How can you think that's possible?
0: Not that he not that he even would have had a chance of, of rebounding the promotion, but probably the, the guy that he tried with, that was the closest to JYD's charisma was Iceman Parsons. Oh yeah. But, but he was, he wasn't ever going to be what JYD was. Fox, no, no. I mean, no he, way. Was a, he was <laughs> a
1: distant, he was a distant second. <laughs> he may have been second, but he was a distant second. <laughs> You know what I mean? He can go he can go to his fucking grave saying that he was the number two black guy in New Orleans, but you were way fucking behind dog, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. That story. nice story, that's like
1: that's like breaking Bruno's record. <laughs> Shut then, up, bro. And,
0: and yeah, and then like not and just beyond beyond New Orleans. You know, I know when, when dog got to WWF. You know, I mean, everybody knows he, he didn't, he, he got fat and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's the route everybody takes. Meltzer liked to to call him the junk food dog and all that crap. But he still was a, a fucking huge ball of charisma. You can argue that for a little bit there in 82, 80, 80, I'm sorry, 84, 85, he was, he was right behind Hogan as the biggest baby face in the company.
1: And he would tag with Hogan mm mm-hmm. If Hogan was gonna get into a tag match with like Bundy or Protera or Stud and whatever, it would be Junkyard Dog a lot of the times. Or Piper and, and one in Orndorf. Right. I mean he was he was a, like I said, he was a number two guy. I mean, but in WWE, like he's headlining your B shows. Hogan can do the fucking gardens and the fucking UIC pavilions and let fucking junkyard dog do the fucking, you know, the five to seven thousand seat places. Right. We'll sell that shit out. I took it to buy crack one time. Him and Jake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a team. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to go down the Baltimore Arena and and wanted to see what it looked like now after they remodeled oh. it. And I didn't know what they really meant. <laughs> I took them downtown and they saw a guy with a black trench coat. Next thing I know, they're all The guy was like, "Chuck your dog." <laughs> and I was like, oh geez Oh is. <laughs> I got suckered into that one But he was always Cool to us, Dog was uh, he, he like, he still You know, he was one of them guys that were pretty much broke at the end mm-hmm. And like most of the time How guys are like Sheiky Baby th- They ain't taking too many pictures For nothing Dog would, Dog couldn't get out Couldn't even get like, get his stuff together And leave the locker room without the boys All jumping up in there you know, he never charged fucking any of the boys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was always cool. You know. So the next, uh, like, them guys, them old guys like that were like, "Dude, at least people will remember me now." Yeah, and I'm getting a payday at least.
0: The next guy that got into the Hall of Fame this year, Ed Farhat, the original Chic. Um, did, without without, I mean, I know Brody's in. Without the chic and Brody, do you even have ECW, our ECW that we get to talk about every single week here on the program?
1: I mean, arguably. I mean, yeah, I mean you can still make a case for others, Onita, etc. But for the for the most part, the Sheik is uh yeah, he's the he's the Sheldon Benjamin, the gold standard when it comes to <laughs> that style of wrestling. But but ECW made it a better style of wrestling. Right. Nobody's but, ever gonna accuse the sheik of having a five star match. You know, maybe a five star riot or a five star brawl or something, but never gonna never gonna be accused of having a fucking good match. <laughs> and if you can get put on the hall of fame just on that fucking merit alone, you've never had a good match. That's pretty much saying something in my opinion. Yeah, he's stuck in the ring. <laughs> he's the going to the hall of fame.
2: The ECW connection I'll give data is talking about like when you had an ECW. Yeah, you probably still would have, but I I'll put Sheik like appearing on ECW gave it like legitimacy, you know what I mean?
1: I wish you could have been more, man. I really do. Uh, just, I, just, I, I was I was I was there and everything, but like literally, I just was hoping that he would be there a little more because I was terrified to talk to him. I didn't talk to him. Other than shake his hand and literally I don't even think he shook my hand. I think he just looked at me like up and down <laughs> and I just kind of like walked away, <laughs> you know, I made sure I was in my gear first. So he didn't think I was just some Mark. Yeah. So I wanted to let him know that I was a worker on the show and I'm like, Hey, nice to meet you. And he looked at me like up and down. I was like, okay.
2: <laughs> have yeah.
1: You're going to have me over for dinner. But I mean, look at, look at his fucking accomplishments. Um, and what he did in just at Cobo Hall. That's Jerry Lawler Mid South Coliseum numbers.
0: That's what I was gonna say. You talk about once again, it's like stew, it's like of significance to the business. I mean, an entire an entire region of the country between him and Dick the Bruiser, an entire region of the country. Um, pretty much, you know, as far as the territory system goes. And like you said, in Detroit, shit. There's never oh. been a wrestler to Detroit like him, and and me and Aaron are from we we are actually from Toledo, and and that that kind of even even when we were kids in the in the 80s and 90s, things had really died off, but the residual effects of the chic were still there, you know. And yeah, w- old, when
2: you when you tell an old dude that you like wrestling – when you tell like a. Like a 45-50 year old guy that you liked wrestling. They they'd bring up they bring up uh Bobo. Bobo Brazil. Yeah, they bring up Bobo, Sheik. Yeah, bo- Bobo, Sheik, um, um, the the, Bruiser. The Bruiser and the great Wojo. That's yeah. who they'd bring up. The Great Wojo. Up. Yeah, he was from Toledo, man. He, he great Wojo was Thomas. He was a local celebrity when well, he town. was a coach at Whitmer. Like he coached yeah, like, like basketball year. or whatever at Whitmer. Yeah, they don't fucking sell for... tickets at Whitmer. <laughs> saying <laughs> those are like, the cash people to bring up. And if he they didn't sold remember, out a
1: free event, good if
2: they didn't re- if they didn't remember Bobo's name, they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember Coco Butt. That's what they called him Coco <laughs> Butt. <laughs> Big gigantic black dude.
1: Cocoa Butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's tremendous Alberta. that your guys that, and the way you guys live that your guys' legends consist of like the sheik, which you're like, yeah, that's cool, Boba Brazil, Wilbur Snyder, <laughs> Dick the Bruiser, <laughs> Dick the Bruiser. <laughs> and Blank every Owen. old
0: guy, every old guy around here. When I was, when I was like a you know teenager <laughs> in the tw- in my 20s or whatever, if I ever told an old a old guy that I liked wrestling or we were talking about wrestling, it was like every old guy around here at some point in his life. Met Dick the Bruiser. I met that's Dick that's the Bruiser. Right. Met Dick the Bruiser at a, a truck stop. Met him at a truck stop in uh in Illyria or whatever. Is you, know, this, you met a guy early? that looked
2: like you met a guy that looked like Dick the Bruiser. Because
1: <laughs> all of you look like Dick the Bruiser? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was gonna say. I hope you're going there with that one because yeah, I that's think like
0: that. All... That's like that. That's like that. Mitch Hedberg joke where he talks about he was on. He was on. He did, Mitch Hedberg talks about how he did that movie. <laughs> that movie with Peter Frampton. And in the scene they were doing, they had to smoke weed, but it wasn't real weed because it was whatever. So he's smoking this fake weed with Peter Frampton. And he's like, I'll tell you what, smoking fake weed with Peter Frampton is almost as cool as smoking real weed with a guy who looks like Peter Frampton. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Sheik in the Hall of Fame deservedly so. The next guy that got and, and Chad and I did vote for him for the record. The next guy that got in this year, Aaron voted for. Um, and I voted for Chad did not vote for this gentleman this year, but it doesn't matter. He's in now, so you don't have to worry about voting for him in the future.
1: Gorilla Monsoon. Oh. Uh obviously I didn't vote for him mm. for a reason. Um, not this, because that'll this- be this What's was that? his first year this was his first year on the ballot so okay I, I I'll probably withstand from voting for him any other year he just doesn't he just doesn't stand out to me mm-hmm. I'm not saying he never did good things like his whole entire body of work but a lot of his body of work included after he was done in the ring yeah I don't know that a lot, I don't, I don't know a whole that... lot about his in-ring career I don't he was either, just an attraction. But...
2: Part of it is like how Nate said, with it's like the significance to a territory or a company. I mean, he had a lot of significance and whatever to the formation of Vince's WWF. So, that's but it wasn't as viable. a talent.
1: I know, but I'm just saying. In ge- I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to discredit that at all. I'm just saying, as a talent, you know, he didn't he didn't rock st- or Stone Cold it. You know what I mean? Like, no, he didn't like changed the landscape of the business with his fucking awesome work of Muhammad Ali. I don't know, but I'm saying like it's more
2: behind-the-scenes thing for kind of why I voted for him. Just his, his right. significance, I mean, that's, that's the fine. history, of, and, and being able to just wheel and deal, and he knew everybody, and get anybody I mean, I, out I got of you. anything.
1: If you're going to consider that criteria, I, I get it, totally.
2: I don't think Vince would have got as far in the WWF
1: as he did without having a girl in Monsoon with. Yeah, I mean, same with all the guys. Skolan, Strongbow, you know what I mean? Phil Zacco. Yeah, Dick Whirly. Yeah, I mean, I I used to have... And Joe McHugh. (laughs) Who? I said, and Joe McHugh. (laughs) (laughs) Gilberto Roman.
2: Every time somebody says Dick Whirly... Like, isn't that what Flair did on that plane? Isn't that what yeah.
1: got <laughs> He pull I, a dick whirly and everything went with... <laughs> I'm standing in the shower thinking of dick whirly. Well,
0: <laughs> so the next guy to get in this year, we're almost, we got two more here. Um Aaron did vote for him, I believe. Yes. And I think Chad did as well. And it is, and and we can talk about this guy for. Definitely a little bit. Ted DiBiase. Oh,
1: good Lord. Yeah. Pick a territory.
0: Yes. we Yeah. And and it's like, no matter what, no matter where he is, he's the best. Pick a territory.
2: Pick a version.
0: Pick a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, He's the best. He's the best heel. He's the best heel in the territory, no matter what
1: territory. See, he's a classic example of what I was talking about that who we were just talking about wasn't. About popping the territory. Mm Mm-hmm. He goes to mid south. He's a fucking heel. Like, what did he do? He pile drove what with a dog or Michael Hayes, or he got pal was... right. I think it was dog. He pal drove the the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then he ended up turning babyface. Like, and it was and like all his babyface turns, even going through the UWF, they were all like, um, they were by they weren't by like something stupid like a manager fucking him. It was like, it was by like the crowd just started getting behind him and then he just started to change his style. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a fucking babyface turn, so to speak. Yeah. Like, no, that's what I was going to say.
0: He was, he was always, no matter whether babyface or heel, he
1: was always the same guy. He was so good. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't like him, you had to fucking respect him because, you know, he was so good. Yeah. I mean, he can do it all, you know, like his stuff in Georgia. You know, you figure you're doing – when you're on top in Georgia for whatever, two, three years as he was, he's doing fucking eight or nine promos in two hours. Like, how many times are you coming out on the show and you're going to have stuff to say and then you got to do a brawl, you know? But mm-hmm. he, he pulled it off, man. And his matches are just psychologically as fundamental as anybody's, you know? No, nobody's ever saw a bad Ted DiBiase match, not even against that guy the WWE hired – and only had two matches and he, they fired him because i think dibiase worked him and then when they realized that dibiase couldn't get a match out of him that yeah he wasn't worth an experiment <laughs> what was his name johnny powers oh shit well, Do you know man, what i'm talking about yeah i don't remember what his name was though i know it's not that, we, we it's, not that, that ropes? To,
0: it's not that mcgee guy because he was the one that had the match with brett um, yeah that's him.
1: That's it. Tom is it Tom McGee?
0: Tom McGee. Yeah, he had the match with
2: Brett too. He worked with Brett. Well, oh, he had a great match. Well, he had a great match with Brett. Brett got a great match out of him and then everybody else after that they
1: couldn't get shit out of him That was Yeah, it's pretty fucked up when they when they put you with Bret Hart, Ted DiBiase and, and you know who knows what other top caliber uh worker they put him against and they couldn't do shit with him.
0: Well, and he's one of the he's one of the I said it before. He's probably for an actual wrestling match, not like a drama wrestling match because there are people that had good dramatic grandiose performances with the Ultimate Warrior, but as far as a a, a, nut, a nuts and bolts pro wrestling match, Saturday Night's Main Event after Survivor Series, I think it's 1990. It's either 89 or 90 anyway. After one of the Survivor series there's a Saturday night's main event and there's a one-on-one match between the Ultimate Warrior and Ted DiBiase and it's the best Ultimate Warrior match I've ever seen.
2: DiBiase did it, man. It was like you're working a fucking miracle, brother. <laughs> and it's also the only he's I mean, okay, we said like he got a good match out of the Ultimate Warrior. Um he's the only time, he's the only guy that made Virgil interesting. <laughs> As a wrestler, I mean as a person, Virgil's super interesting and interesting <laughs> and entertaining. But as a wrestler, he's the only guy that
1: got anything out of him. And dude, when I when I started trading tapes, like I saw the angle on TV, I watched it. The Mr. R angle. But when I first started trading tapes, that's one of the angles I had to have on tape. I had to get that Mr. R angle. Because like his fucking face when Tommy Rich like walks out. <laughs> And, and stands there and waves at him. And, and his face is like, What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I didn't realize I was wrestling Brad Armstrong that whole entire time. That's amazing to me that he wrestles Brad Armstrong and he thinks that it's Tommy Rich because he's wearing a fucking New Japan workout suit and a mask. <laughs> like, how many times did he work Tommy Rich? And when did Tommy Rich ever do like some of the stuff that Brad Armstrong did? Like, never, when was he ever built like Brad Armstrong? Well, I mean, he had the full body outfit on. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. You can totally still see that. You can still totally see that one Tommy Rich, but just the fact that Tommy Rich comes out and DiBiase's look on his face, where he's just like, "What? That wasn't who I was just beating up for ten minutes."
2: <laughs> there ain't no if there ain't no pot belly, it ain't no Tommy Rich. <laughs>
1: no, dude, that that's <laughs> one of my all time favorite angles, just from the look on DiBiase's face and the little kid playing the basketball. Then come on.
2: That's That's like
1: that. People talk about it today as one of the most disgusting, like angle, not disgusting as in like bad taste, just like when you talk about like heel stuff. Yeah, like it's one of the biggest heel angles when he kicks the basketball from the little black boy. Or when he kicks all the kicks, everybody out of the swimming pool. That's my
2: favorite. That's my favorite vignette. Like, like not out in the crowd, but that's my favorite one with the pool. When he wants all the kids out of the pool And the guy's like I'm not gonna do that And then like he whips out all the money And the guy's chlorine Chlorine level's too high
1: Everybody's yeah. gotta go <laughs> And everybody's got their little fucking dinghies And they're all like following out like Jaws is in the fucking pool <laughs> You know and they, The guy's got the little fucking thing wrapped around his waist <laughs> And they're all like making their eggs Yeah that's, like that's classic Everybody out chlorine <laughs> Yeah D.B. just I mean everything he did was, was, was gold and, I mean, I, I, I'm a little suspect. I, I, it wouldn't even hold me back as far as putting him in the Hall of Fame, but his Lloyds of London shit, you know, Yeah, I don't know his back situation. I honestly don't, but I know back. A lot he of came from the era where everybody was getting Lloyds of London, you know. Whether he could work, could can't work, that's, that's not the, you know, but he still did enough after he couldn't even work. But yeah, DiBiase for sure, Hall of Fame.
0: And one one more thing I'll say about him is, and I know you know people can say what they want <laughs> that everybody has their own opinion. But when he did the uh, the Money Incorporated thing, that was the only time I've ever been a fan of Mike Rotunda. <laughs> so he also he also did that too. I
2: don't
1: not, know, Captain Mike Rotunda is pretty interesting. Not a Rotunda guy here. Varsity Club was over. Yeah, me neither, really. But yeah, I guess you're right. Money Inc. got he got a Hogan run, right? They got a, they got well, a, what a Hogan tag run and Beefcake or some shit.
0: Yeah, well, and like I told Aaron the last time we were talking about it, that that time too, the WWF Tag Team Division was oof, <laughs> it wasn't what it once was. And uh, those two guys, DiBiase and IRS, kind of kept that shit afloat for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, I guess you got a good point there. I never really thought about it, how bad their tag team division was. LOD, Nasty Boy Steiners? Natural Disasters. All right, LOD, Natural Boy Steiners? And the Bushwhackers. All right, LOD, Natural Boy Steiners? Steiners only
2: last Steiners <laughs> only pretty much for just what nine months or a year? They weren't even there that
1: long. Doesn't matter. They're they fucking still did more than the natural disasters did in what two years? Beefcake and honky or valentine and honky <laughs> rhythm and blues. Rhythm and blues. Box. You know Bravo valentine. and French Martin. <laughs> The real well, um, Quebecers,
0: the la- the last guy that got in this year, none of us voted for him. None of the three of us voted for him, and I don't think he should have gotten in. But it is what it is. I just make. Well, how did he get up. in?
1: If none of us I, it, voted for
0: it, him. But none of none of the three of us voted for him. But enough of the other people did where he got in
2: this year. Okay, all right. Sting. Well, Cloud shoes don't matter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sting. And here's my big thing because Chad and I Chad and I both Chad and I have talked about it. and We both voted for Ricky Dozon again this year because Ricky Dozon, four years on the ballot. Next year, if he doesn't get in, he has to go back to the nominating process. Why isn't he in this hall of
1: fame yet? But stings <laughs> in. But stings in the crime. Wow. <laughs> Who are these people you allow to fucking vote? Are they also <laughs> still getting 10 CDs for a penny? Fuck. Who are these Jaronies?
0: but like i I, like i said before and i'll just say it one more time it's not that i don't necessarily dislike sting my big thing about sting is through his whole career yeah he had main events but he was always the other guy yeah In in any promotion he was ever in he was never the draw the only time he was ever a draw was the year and a half he didn't wrestle like he, he spent a year and a half in the, in the bleachers or up in the, up in the rafters or whatever. That's the only time he was ever a draw. He didn't even wrestle. And yeah, the, I guess, he guess yeah, when, when
1: he was champion, WCW was having a bad time and he didn't in draw. The,
2: in the tank. Yeah. And, and Nate, honestly, I think a lot of times when, sometimes when people look at like a list of names that are in front of them and they're wrestling fans, they just, Vote with the nostalgia. And the they writing, vote with
0: their they know. vote with their heart and not with their head.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: kind of like when it. you I it's kind of like it. when you hear no doubt stings a hall of famer.
0: Maybe just not, not now. Be, not before Ricky Dozon.
1: Of, yeah, of course, but yeah, whatever. Well, get him out of the way. Me see. That way,
0: let let me run him down. The uh, he's not a hall of famer before Ricky Dozon. He's not a hall of famer before Bob Backlund. He's not a hall of famer before the Midnight Express, Rick Rude, Sergeant Slaughter, John Cena. <laughs> I mean,
1: even Chris Blackwell. Jericho. Chris Jericho Sheik. should be in before Sting. She had not Al Casey. <laughs> it sold out Houston off. Yeah, this hmm. shit, man. Jumping <laughs> Jeff Farmer. Yeah, oh, of course. That's a that's a different show. <laughs> that's gonna be my fi- that's my five star Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> let me check here and see. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Sting. Um, I don't yeah, know if you goes, Fuck him. <laughs> but actually, Chad, from your from your votes this year, let's see. You did pretty good. Bachwinkle, Stu, DiBiase, Sheik, Brody all got in. So the people you voted for this year that didn't get
1: in. Midnight. Midnight Express. Buddy, Buddy Rose. <laughs>
0: Buddy Rose.
1: And he's Ricky going Dozon. in, dude. Mark my words. Um, but yeah,
0: he, when, is, he, actually, when he, buddy when he, when he goes is. in, he, when he goes in, it's going to blow him away. I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah. But buddy Rose is not even something to laugh at. Cause they, like you said, like the criteria of it was, is buddy Rose the
1: biggest star in the world? No. But, but he, he was up significant to of Portland. Territory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, buddy Rose is going to get in.
2: <clears throat> um,
0: but yeah, like I said, Midnight Express, I didn't vote for Midnight's this year, but they might be on my, because the people that I voted for that did get in, I voted for in uh, for Chic Monsoon, Stew, and JYD. The people that I did vote for this year that didn't get in, um, I voted for Inoki. Um, I voted for, obviously, Ricky Dozon, because I just bitched about it. <laughs> And I actually voted for John Cena this year because I mean, let's be honest—he, you know, no matter what, modern era, old era, whatever, the guy's had a hell of a fucking run and done a lot of fucking business. And oh, he's, he's for, likely going to go at ge-
1: me for a while for,
0: for a generation of fans, like for for my son, who's twenty-one. John Cena's the biggest wrestling star in the world, you know, because that was his. We usually tend to gravitate to. Our childhood and our teens and our you know, that's what we so I mean I can see it from his perspective to him. John Cena's fucking Hulk Hogan. Um, and then I also voted for Rey Mysterio Jr.
1: this year. All right. So, that's not bad. He's got 25 years in, 30, it's like, <laughs> more than almost by 30 years total in. And can we honestly say he's
0: the he's the best, not not Mexico, not we're not talking about Mexico, but as far as luchador's. On the uh, in the United States to wrestle, he's probably the biggest lucha star ever in the United States, wouldn't you say? Oh
1: yeah, without a doubt. And that, I mean, there's nobody even close unless like, unless you're gonna, you know, put him up against Jose Lothario in some little town in Texas. <laughs> or Mascaris,
0: Masc-
1: yeah, that's, that, no, Mascaris even passed him because yeah. Masc- yeah. Masc- Mascaris fans aren't even alive anymore. <laughs> Don't undersell El Dandy. Oh, I do I'm a big El Dandy fan. Don't get me started on El Dandy, and and Super Porky. Yeah, I Super love me Porky. some Brazo de Plata, dude. God rest Watch, Super Porky. Watching him hit the ropes is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I love El Dandy too His haircut. I'm growing mm-hmm. my hair out like that too.
2: One of my favorite things. I was just watching the Slammery and and Jericho said, <laughs> he introduces El Dandy and he's like coming to the ring. And, The Mexican Lou Feregrino, El Dandy.
0: (laughs) I I actually um, and I know I know I've said it I've said it on I know I don't we don't talk about him a lot on this podcast because it's an ECW (laughs) podcast, but on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I talk all the time about how much I love I love smug, shitty heel Bret Hart. That's like that's what he his Bret whenever Bret's a heel, he's one of my favorite heels ever, and I love the deal. Where Goldberg's trying to get Bret Hart in the ring, and Gene Okerlund's interviewing Bret Hart. It's WCW. It's like the shitty days of WCW, but Bret's a fucking shining star, and Bret's the U.S. champion. And essentially, Gene Okerlund's like, "Bret, you're you're not answering the challenge of Goldberg," and Bret goes, "Listen, Gene, I know Goldberg, wants, Bill Goldberg wants a shot at me, but he's got to get in line." And Gene's like he's Bill Goldberg, and he's like, don't underestimate L Dandy, Gene. <laughs> and it's just like he's got this whole thing about how he needs to give El Dandy his U.S. title shot because he deserves it more than Goldberg. And it's just so fucking funny. Like my, randomly, I can't see
2: Bret Hart doing that. Oh yeah. I, and my second favorite part of the thing is like they're they're not calling him Bill Goldberg anymore. They're just calling him Goldberg, and. Uh, Gene Okerlund, like Brett's like and, and Bill Goldberg, he does he edits, he says it in his Canadian accent. He's like, Bill Goldberg, Bill Bill Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't deserve a chat, doesn't deserve a shot. And girls like or Gene's like, Oh, he wants to just be known as Goldberg now. Oh, is that right? Let me tell you something <laughs> about Bill Goldberg. <laughs> like, like, like he makes sure. The rest of the time, he says Bill Goldberg as many times as he can. It's one of the greatest fucking promos ever. Well, who's <laughs> going to fucking fucking with Bernard? And it was on a fucking worldwide that nobody yeah, ever
0: not it, it was on just, yeah, <laughs> fucking WCW. Aaron, yeah, do you no, want me to go through who you voted for that did get in and didn't get in? Huh? Do you want me to go what? through your votes here Yeah, real we quick? can do that quick if you want. Aaron voted for... The people that Aaron voted for that got in were Bachwinkle, Stu, DiBiase, and Monsoon. The people that Aaron voted for that didn't get in this year, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bob Backlund, and Kane. Kane's
1: interesting.
2: Yeah, those were just... I think Kane has a career that... Um. I don't want to say it's like almost everything was against the guy, but he still persevered and a guy that could have walked away from it of just being like, just given shit gimmick after shit gimmick after shit gimmick. And just being like, (laughs) nothing's ever going to work. And dude stuck it out and, and made it. And I think he just, I don't think he gets enough credit, even though he gets credit from the, from the, uh, like the, the locker room. You know, I don't think he gets enough credit in general as being as being as big of a fucking star as he is.
1: Dude, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of like, because I have probably more roles on DVD than I have any other company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Any other anything. So I've been watching a lot of roles and I'm like, dude, Kane really doesn't do anything. Like it, it's 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 amazing to me. I've been watching him like I it, it just stuck out at me the other day. I was watching something. I'm like, dude. He doesn't do much. Like, as far as like even in his matches, he basically does like the taker spots. And, mm-hmm. it, and there's, and a lot of the times he's still on his feet. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, he, and he, he's been what, 30 years?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, what do I say? He's one of those guys that when you really watch him, he didn't do a lot, but what he did made enough of an impact where it didn't matter that he didn't do a lot. You, you, you know? didn't know it at the time. Right, yeah, you didn't notice because he's 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 a he's a pro. Yeah, I'd say he's one of the better, you know, one of the best big guys ever. Um and he's still can and, be. And yeah, and and like Aaron said, he WWE through all his incarnations fed him a lot of shit to eat. And he he stuck around and stuck with it long enough to land a golden gimmick, a golden goose. You're gonna be Undertaker's brother. Yeah, Undertaker's brother.
1: Gimmick to be Undertaker's (laughs) father. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's the best
0: gimmick that you could be given in the WWF? Undertaker's brother.
2: I think things are gonna work out.
1: Neighbor, (laughs) or or his fucking, or you know, or his dentist. Like
2: you're just not gonna. It's like you're not just gonna have a feud with the guy. You're gonna be linked to him the rest of the time that you're here.
1: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, aren't you the guy to change my oil? That's right. <laughs> fuck. And he's the guy at Walmart. Can I see your receipt? What the fuck? Yeah, he's everywhere, <laughs> and he's done everything. Like, I, I remember, I remember being in Memphis. I, I was there, like, probably right after Glenn was down there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, um, like people that I was I was down there with talking about how much how great of a guy he was, and how they just kept giving him like WWE just kept sending down these gimmicks for him when he was in Memphis, even down in Memphis. When
0: he was in Memphis, did he work as Unabom or did he work as? That was
2: Smoky Mountain. Oh, yeah,
0: I knew, I knew, I know Smoky Mountain. But did when he was in Memphis, did he work as Unabom or did he work? He, 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 no, he, he worked the in the Memphis Christmas as Unibomb
1: when Smoky Mountain feuded with uh, USWA. But he he wrestled as fucking the Christmas creature, yeah, Christmas, which creature. had the tinsel on it and the bell and Crazy. the and the bells and stuff. And he he wrestled yeah. in like as, as like the Punisher, mm-hmm. um, you know. Any any of them any of them <laughs> generic names? The Gladiator. I was gonna say any two. any
0: any any gimmick they ever also gave
2: Sid. <laughs> uh, I think he went by bruder Bru, Bruiser Marcino or some shit.
0: Bruiser like that. Mastino. He yeah. had a match in, he had a match in WCW as bru- Bruiser Mastino and Sting. Wait a minute.
1: Bruiser Mast Bruiser Mastino wasn't he that guy that was like PN News' brother?
0: No, that was um that was uh Mantar. Um bru- <laughs> fuck.
2: It was Bruiser Mantar. Don't... Mantard? It was this
0: thing was bull <laughs> something but
2: is that what you yeah. called
1: him? His career was bull something too. <laughs> it wasn't bull something. It was Mantar. All right. <laughs> well,
0: that, that that that's gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up, and uh I want to thank Aaron and Chad for joining me on this Hall of Wrapping Fame edition of *Living the Extreme*. Now that we've talked about the Hall of Fame, next year we'll get back into uh reviewing ECW.
2: Next year. Um, net, taking and, a year break. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> taking a year off.
2: He's Helen got you Hart's, in the hospital for Helen, a
0: minute, Chad. H- Helen <laughs> Hart. Ha- 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 she- Helen. Helen Helen is Helen Hart is just tired of us talking about ECW. But yeah, we're gonna take a <laughs> not take a break. When we come back next week, we'll be back into talking about ECW. Um, yeah, but Aaron, Chad,
1: thank you for joining me. Uh, all I want to say is I love you, Jess. Please listen to this, Aaron.
0: Uh, just thanks for listening, guys. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. I'll be the same. You got it, guys.